May the grace that is God's unmerited favor and spiritual peace, which means peace with God and harmony, unity, and undisturbedness, be yours from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. May blessings, that is praise, adulation, and eulogy be to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the Messiah, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual, given by the Holy Spirit, blessing in the heavenly realm, even as in his love he has chose us. He actually picked us out for himself as his very own in Christ. And he did it before the foundation of the world that we should be holy, consecrated, set apart for him and blameless in his sight, even above reproach before him in love. For he foreordained us, that is, he destined us, he planned in love for us to be adopted and that it would be revealed that we are his own children through Christ Jesus in accordance with the purpose of his will, simply because it pleased him. And hmm. was his kind intent towards us so that we might be to the praise and condemnation of his glorious grace, that is favor and mercy, which he so freely bestowed on us in the beloved, in him, that is in Christ Jesus. We have redemption, that is deliverance and salvation through his blood, the remission of, of forgiveness of sins, of our offenses, our shortcomings and trespasses. And according to the riches and the generosity of the gracious favor, of his gracious favor. Somebody ought to say praise the Lord. Somebody ought to say amen. Somebody said, he's talking about me then. He's talking about me. We are dealing with the subject matter of who we are in Christ. And today, the, 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 the sub matter would be that we are the objects of his love, praise, and glory. Father, even now, in the mighty name of Jesus, we ask that you will... Father, I need more strength. Lord, I need more empowerment. In the tiredness of my frame, I ask that you would just give strength. Ask that you renew that which is weak. That, Lord, that you would do it beyond my ability and that there would be a supernatural element to the teaching and preaching of your word. Bring back into remembrance all that we have studied and all that you have shown. Lord, allow us to articulate it in a way that it is made clear. Lord, give even an anointing to the hearers that they may hear what the Spirit is saying. Holy Spirit, speak. Speak, Lord, to us, our children. Speak into our spirit, man, that we may see, comprehend, and receive what you are saying. Even now, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. God be praised. Thank you all for allowing me to go to Greater Liberty last week. And I know Pastor Mabry, I heard that he preached uh, up a storm. So I thank you for your kindness towards him. Here in our text, I'm trying to make clear that these scriptures are indicating that we are, that we who are the church, we are, that are in Christ Jesus, 
we who have accepted him as our Lord and Savior, we, before we even acted upon what God was moving on us, even before the foundation of time, we are the object of God's love, praise, and glory. I am learning that as I see principles and concepts in the New Testament, when I want to find an illustration to make it clear, the first place I look is the Old Testament. Many times when there is a principle that stands out in the New Testament, you can find it in living color in the Old Testament. It's just that many times we just don't see it. We, we missed it. We overlooked it. But, but, but if, we, if we diligently look, what we will find is the, 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 it is written out in the New Testament. It is plain. But the Old Testament shows it in story form. Why? Because the, the Old Testament shows how God was working in the background. The New Testament shows the character of God and how he works. And you put it together and you have the picture and the principle coming together. Here in this text, it is clear that God is saying, my eyes is on you. I'm working with you. I want you to know that you're the object of my love, of, of, of my praise, of my glory. And then I said, Lord, show me that. And then, then I just thought, wait a minute. The whole Old Testament show how God worked with a man named Abraham who had children who became the nation of Israel. And all through up in the Old Testament is God having Israel a people that he picked out because they're their father had faith, and he worked with them diligently, and they were the object of his love, the object of his praise and glory. And I said, wait a minute. So that means, Lord, the way that you dealt with them then is the way that you deal with your church today. Hold on, hold on. When I say church body, I'm not just talking about 40809 Ravina Street. I'm talking about the church as a whole, throughout the whole world, that God is interacting, God is working with, God is revealing himself to us, revealing how much he loves us. But wait a minute, it even goes deeper than that. He's working on us on an individual basis. Don't ever think that, that God is aloof. No, it's us that stands aloof from him. And as you live your life, as you look back over life, you ought to be able to see God's hand, his fingerprint, working within your listen, in spite of us, not because of us. That God is diligently moving us from one level of love to the next level of love to the next level. Listen, your appreciation, your appreciation for, for how much God loves you ought to be greater now than it was last year. Your understanding of how much he loves you ought to be expanding all the time. Listen, it's not about how much we love him. It's understanding how much he loves you. And the more you understand and he reveals his love to you, you can't help. You can't help but respond to that love. See, anybody that don't love the Lord don't know the Lord. Because I don't know how you can know him. I mean, no, no, know him and don't love him. Because to know him is to love him. 
Because when you know him, you know that he loves you in spite of you. And it makes you fall back in love with John 3, 16 and 18. He, he starts off saying, I, I love God so love the world. Not, not that he loved the trees, the creation, but he loved the people in the world. Not the world system because now Satan is in control of this. Don't ever try to fit into the culture of this world system. Why? Because this system and this world culture is under Satan's control. He is the small g of this world. That's what I said. Small God. God is the big G. Our God is God. But but because, because God gave dominion to Adam, and Adam took it and gave it to He's in temporary control of the system. So when it says he loved the world, he said, you can put your name, he loved you. He loved the individuals. He loved them so much that he sent did you know it costs something to save you? It costs God to give his son to save you and I. He gave him to die, to pay the cost for our sins. That whosoever believeth for him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This text don't get into the meat of the cause. All it says is give, but when it says give, it's more than just he just came. It means that he came to do something. That there was a cost to be paid, and the only one that could pay the price was God himself. So God, the son came. We're going to go a little bit deeper. For God sent not the Son into the world to judge the Son, the world, but that the world should be saved. And the only way that anyone can be saved is through him. Next verse, Romans chapter 5. Watch this. While we were yet, you can change that week for sinners. While you were still caught up, well, we were still wrapped up in our sins. Hold on. This one says, he said, I loved you when you was at your worst. And I loved you so much at your worst that I did something so you don't have to stay where you was at. Something blew me away. Listen to this preaching and, 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 and this, this professor at the school strike up a relationship with the janitor at the school. It was a, it was a college. It was a Christian college. And, and, and as he started talking to him, he found out that this man was from Germany, came over during those World War II, and, and he was an artist. And he said, you know, just to befriend him, he said, would you do a portrait of me? And they started meeting. He said, sure, you sure you want me to do a portrait of you? He said, yeah. So, so he said, on one condition. So one condition, he said, you don't get to see the, the painting until I'm finished. So they would meet, and they met several times, and the man was painting his portrait, and he was almost finished, and, and the man that was getting his picture painted, the professor who was getting his picture painted, was getting kind of, you know, antsy because it has been taking a long time. They'd been meeting a number of times. He said, and the man, the painter's wife came out, he said, ew. So the man that was being painted got kissed and said, can I see it now? He said, he came around, he looked at the picture and said, that doesn't look like me. The artist said, I painted the picture the way you would look if you didn't have Christ. You know what that made me think about? That made me think about what would my life look like? <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Where would you be? 
if the love of Christ never stepped in to your life. Just think back the stuff you was into. Then multiply that by a hundred. Oh, y'all didn't hear me. Hold on. Think back when you was at your worst. And multiply that because sin doesn't stand still. It gets worse. Ask any alcoholic. And they would tell you that the disease doesn't stand still. It gets, so, so think back at your worst, then multiply that, say, by 10. Anybody want to shout since Christ came into your life that, that he done saved you from yourself, that, that, that you're not what you would have been, that the love of God came in and took you out, that. Matter of fact, a lot of us that, uh, that are alive wouldn't be alive right now. We would have been dead sleeping in our grave because the stuff we was into Look what it says. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, perseverance for a good man. And, that's, and that's, that's not saying, some of us think that we are good within ourselves. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Some of us think that, that all God had to do was a little bit to save us. Even if your resume of your past does not have the stuff in it that my resume has, maybe it was God keeping you from doing the stuff I did because if you would have done it, you wouldn't have made it. But God kept the door shut <laughs> because I know there's some doors I wanted to go through. God kept the door shut because if I would have bust through that door, I wouldn't have made it. So God allowed us to go through just enough to keep us because if we would have went an inch farther, it would have messed us up so bad we wouldn't have made it to salvation. So you ought to thank God for what he kept you from and then thank you for what he kept you through because it was God working all of it out all the time. Oh, you want to talk about grace. You want to talk about grace. I think there's so much mercy and grace on us that we take it for granted. I think when we get to heaven and retrace how God was there, you will not see one, one single moment where God wasn't keeping us. We would see that God was, the time that you didn't think he was there, he was there all the Next verse, next verse. But God. But God. What that means is that in spite of us, God stepped in. God made a move. That God's love made him step in. But God commended his own love towards us in that while we were yet, not while you was good, but while you was at your worst, God still loved you. God looked at you and said, I'm going to save her anyhow. I'm going to save him anyhow. My God, my God, my God. I, 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 I ought to be able to say amen right now, and we go home praising God. Listen, what did it take for him to say Christ died for? Did you know all the gold, all the silver in the world couldn't have saved you? All the gold, all the silver in the world, because you can't, you can't buy your salvation. Watch this. The God who judges us is the same God who took off his robe as judge. Step down, 42 generations. Took our place and took our sin so that, listen, God, how can I say this? God not only judged us, but he took the judgment that he put on us 
so that we can go free. Somebody didn't hear that. God's holiness judged us. But God loved, stepped down and said, but I'll take it for her. I take it for him. If we really was to meditate on the cost that it cost Christ to die for us, it would change some things. That by itself is enough. Listen, we look out the outside sins, but did you know that the inward sins are worse than the outward sins? Augustine, who was one of the great theologians of yesterday, writes this. He says this. He says, I believe that when a, when a man is full of pride and arrogance, or a woman full of pride and arrogance, that's one of the most, if not the, the most damnable sins. So he says, we're going. He says, he says, I have seen God cause men and women who thought that they couldn't fall, to fall into sexual sin, which is a lesser sin than pride and arrogance, so that he could show them they wasn't all that. <laughs> oh, y'all don't hear me. Oh, y'all, hold on, hold on. If you ever think that you won't, then you probably will. Oh, y'all don't hear me. If you think that you can keep yourself by your own morality, the truth of the matter is, yes, we have a pattern. Yes, on a good day, there might be some things we won't do. But on a bad day, at the right time, in the wrong situation, don't tell me what you won't do if God don't keep you. Because if God don't keep you, you don't know what you may find yourself doing. You will shock yourself. You better say, if God keep me, I won't. But don't ever think you better than anybody else. Because the truth of the matter is, if God for one second took his hand off of you, you will find yourself doing stuff that you never thought you... We ought to say, thank you, Lord. I may not be on that, but thank you for keeping your hands on me that I didn't fall in some stuff. Mercy. None of us can lift up our nose and no. Oh Lord. I mean, I mean, I'm not even talking about don't even go back there. If God don't keep you now. <laughs> We, we, would, we, would, we would shock ourselves. Lord, hold on. We don't have to, hold on. If walls could talk, if shoes could talk. Hold on, hold on. Let's not talk about what would happen, what has happened. If walls could. Okay, let's. Hello, anybody out there? Listen, much more now. <laughs> much more then. Being now justified. Listen, not justified by our works, not justified by our goodness, not justified by our good looks, not justified because we got something just on the inside, not justified by anything, but by his perfect blood. You see, the judgment for sin is death, spiritual death and physical death. The moment that Adam disobeyed, he died spiritually. And the impending death of his physical death was on the way. 
Notice Genesis chapter 5, which will not come up, says that, and Adam started having children after his own nature. Which means then that the nature of God that was in Adam was no longer in Adam. So now all of his children that are born after him did not have the image, the spirit of God in them because Adam was dead. When I was on vacation, it was the tree from the neighbor was coming over. So I had a saw, I had a pole, and I was cutting, I was cutting tree limbs down. There was this particular thick vine that had came up under the ground, and I did not know where it go. I just know that was a thick vine. It was like one of those Tarzan vines. Okay? And I said, well, I'm just going to cut it here. I cut it. But what I realized then was that this thing had worked its way up through the tree, had worked its way through the, uh, the electric line, and the reason I could tell was this, this vine started turning brown and dying. Why? Because I cut it from the root of it that was coming from the ground. Now notice what happened. The evidence of it being hooked up was still there, but it had no more life. You can trace where it has been because it's all dried up, but it's dead. A person that is not born again, their spirit is dead. Amen. They have a residue of God but not the life of God. That's why you must be, you got to be born again. Because a person, I don't care how good they seem to be, that their spirit is dead and nothing they offer up can be accepted by God because it's dead. Man, when God saw us, he said they did. And the only way that I can bring them back to life is I got to deal with death. I got to deal with the consequences of their sins. And there's nobody that can do it but me. That's why Jesus was born of a woman and not of a man. Because sin passes down through the man. Because Adam was given the commandment by God, not Eve. Eve got it from Adam, but Adam got it from God. Nothing happened when Eve ate, but when Adam ate, everything happened. They died. Okay, let's go on. Let's, where, where we want to go? Where we going 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 to go? Ephesians, let's, let's go back to our vision, to our text. Let's watch this, watch this, what it says. It says, it, says, it says in verse 4, even as in his love he chose us, he actually picked this out for himself. The nation of Israel, the nation of Israel was used in two ways. God kept on showing himself to them until they kept on praising him. Listen. They experience that their God is God. And what it did was it provoked them to give God praise. Listen, have God shown you enough in your life that you, not based on what anybody else says, but you can say for yourself that your God been an awesome God in your life? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let, let me, let me, let me, let me upgrade you, okay? Just don't talk about what happened 25 years ago. Have God been showing you lately how good he is? Hold on, hold on. Because sometimes we keep on reaching back that now everybody know it. And it shows evidence you need some upgrades. 
because you haven't allowed God to do nothing else since he did that. But wait a minute. My God keep on working. He, he's working right now. Which means that every day you open up your eyes, you ought to be expecting God to show you more of himself. Your, 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 your praise ought to be getting a little bit, a little bit better. You, your, your faith ought to be getting a little bit stronger because God keeps on proving him. Every day God is doing new things in your life if, if you're open to him. I think that, that, that sometimes we get so caught up in religion that we miss out that we serve a living and real God. Listen, God was so real with the Israelites that their enemies talked about their God. Did you hear what their Jehovah God did to the Egyptians? Wait a minute. Did, did, did you hear he knocked down the walls of Jericho? And there wasn't one stone on another. And we can go there today and see those walls. That, did you hear that he not only opened up the Red Sea, he opened up the Jordan River. And they go, did you hear that he kept them in the wilderness 40 years and they didn't have to get new clothes? Their old clothes kept, kept being new. And as they grew, they grew too. I don't, their God is God. Their, their God must. My question is, why aren't the folks on the outside talking about what our God is doing on the inside? Why, why isn't God showing up for us the way he showed up for them? Because we are the Israel of today. We're God's people. We're God chosen. God is still up to something. God is still showing out. And I believe that if we allow God to be real to us, he'll be real through us. That the folks on the outside will say, I want what you got. His love is to move us into praising him and make us respond by loving him back. Listen, this thing gets deeper and deeper and deeper. Listen, you can go as deep as you want to. Or you can stay on the surface. How can I say this? I'm just going to say it. I think sometimes we stay aloof from God because if we get too close, he'll burn off the stuff we don't want him to burn off. I heard T.D. Jake say this. He said, T.D. Jake said, T.D. Jake said, no, nah, don't cast out that demon. Because I'm going to play with that demon tonight. <laughs> See, as long as we keep our distance, the glow and the glory of God won't burn off stuff. But I dare you. I dare you to keep on getting closer. The stuff that you could not, listen, just keep on getting up. Got, got, got anybody caught in something? Don't give up. Just keep getting up. Matter of fact, let's go back to something I said a year ago. Uh, keep rolling forward. If you fall, roll forward. So that when you get up, you're a little bit closer to it. Listen, yeah, you fall, but roll for, tuck and roll. Tuck and roll. More prayer, more, more praise, that, 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 that though you fail, it propelled you a little bit closer. Because one of these days, that which is hanging on you can't stay where you're at because it's too hot for it to stay there. 
So, so what? You don't fail seven times. The, the secret is not, not how many times you fall down, how many times you get up. Do I have anybody in the room that have made up their mind that you're going to keep on getting up? Yes, things done got hard. Yes, situations done got tough. But you have made up your mind. I'm going to keep on getting up if it kills me. And if it kills me, I'm going home to be with Jesus. And I don't have to deal with this stuff anymore. But I have made up my mind to keep getting The church is folks who keep on getting up, that, that, that you got a purpose to get up. You know this thing may have gotten you last time, but one of these old days, you're going to get up, and you ain't going to fall to that anymore. You know it. 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 There's a cost to our redemption. There's a cost, 1 Peter 1, 18 and 20. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 20. It says that we was not bought with silver or gold, but with the precious, with the precious, listen, listen, listen. For every sin we committed, Christ had to pay the price for it. Listen, every word out of character, every attitude out of place, every, every lifted upness, every sin, Christ paid the price. It says, it says, it says, knowing that we were not redeemed, redeeming, but the word redeem is only found in Christianity. No other religion in the world deals with redemption. You know why the Muslims reject Jesus on the cross? Because they cannot phantom God allowing himself to go through that. One of my Bible studies, this young lady that was grew up in the Muslim faith came and she was asked questions. And when we got to the cross, she just said, uh-uh, not God. See, but in their religion, they don't have a God that loves. <laughs> they don't have a God that they see that I don't think there's a mother or father in here that would not give up their life for their child. Love will make you do stuff that nothing else would. When you see the cross, the cross silenced everybody else. I, I, I've had people mad at God, but when I take them to Jesus dying on the cross, They have to say that's a picture of love. You either reject the cross or you accept the cross, but if you accept the cross, it ought to move us to change. You can't tell me that you can see Jesus dying for you on the cross and remain the... <laughs> I think that sometimes we need to go back to win, we first believe. Don't ever get beyond the cross. No, sometimes you need to go back and remember that he did it for me. But it was the precious blood as a lamb without blemish, without spot. Because life is in the blood. Every cell in your body. Matter of fact, did you know that blood is an organ? It's a liquid organ. But it's a liquid organ that supplies to every other organ in your body the nutrient that it needs. Know why they did chemo through the blood? Because chemo kills old cells. So if they put it in the blood, 
the, the, it goes kill all the cells in your body. But what they try to do is build up the cells quicker than they die. The only place where if you have cancer of the brain, they have to use radiation because chemo don't go to the brain. But every other cell from the skin to the fingernail to the, to the, to the thing that makes the hair grow needs blood. Guess what? You ought to say, I'm covered from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet, even to the end of my ingrown toenail. I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. Listen, if you're covered, there's nothing the devil can do about it, but you better make sure you're covered. Make sure you're covered. His precious blood. That's what paid for our redemption. Listen. There ought to be an explosion within us that makes us give God praise. Listen, but our praise just cannot be from the verbal. <laughs> oh, no. Uh-oh. I'm going to meddle now. All right, then we go home. Let me meddle a little bit. Somebody said, then you do enough meddling already? Nah. Let me do some more meddling. Okay. If this is the... If Christ pays such a price, Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Let me work my way through this and we're going home. Philippians chapter 2, verse 6. Let this mind be in you that is also in Christ Jesus. That though he was in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. I'm quoting the King James. That right there is probably the New American Standard. It says, do not regard, he did not regard equality. He was God. Listen, I believe, and you probably heard me say this before, but I'm going to keep on saying it until we get it. I believe that every time you see God in the Old Testament, it is Christ Jesus in his form of a God. Why? Because Jesus is the manifestation of God. That's the part he plays. That's why he came as the Christ, because he is God manifest. God is spirit, okay? God does not have a body like we have a body. God is spirit. So in the Old Testament, when you see God showing up, like with the three Hebrew boys, that he insulated them from the thing. I believe that was Christ Jesus. I believe when Jacob wrestled with Jesus on top of the mountain, I believe that was the pre-incarnate Christ, that before he became a man, he showed up in the Old Testament. When Isaiah saw him high and lifted up, that was Christ on his throne. What, what are you saying? I'm saying every time you see God in the Old Testament, it's Christ doing his work of manifesting himself as God. <laughs> That's the role he plays in the Godhead. Here it says, notice what it says. He says that before he came to Bethlehem, he was God. Whatever form God has, he had that form. He's God. He's God. He's God. Who can be equal to God but God? He was omnipresent. He was all-knowing. He was, he was just. You got that, right? Let's go on. But hold on, hold on. I call this the, the, the trilogy of humility because he humbles himself. The first place of coming down was he came down and became one of us. There's no way that we can wrap our mind around that. I mean, watch this. The God who stood on nothing and called everything into existence. The God who said, let there be, and there was. <laughs> the God who knows everything, can it within his nature do everything. The God who is all-powerful wraps himself 
up and limit himself to become one of us. Here he is in back of the boat, sleep because he's tired. <laughs> he became one of us. Here he is getting hungry. Why? Because he's still God, but experiencing our weakness. No, it's what I said, it's what I said. Being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself again and became obedient to the point of death. Hold on, hold on. Well, isn't it human for a man to die? A man to have sinned. Here Adam is, the tree of life is right there, and he doesn't even bite of it while he could, because what he has to eat of the tree of life for? He don't know nothing about death. <laughs> he don't know nothing about sickness, pain. And he don't know nothing about his knees cr- cracking when he gets up. <laughs> he don't know nothing called Arthur. He don't know nothing about that. He don't have to have a cake. His head don't even get gray, you know? But when death came in because of his sin, he began to die. But wait a minute, but Jesus haven't sinned. So for him to humble himself, then hold on, wait a minute. The death of the cross was the Romans picked it up from another barbaric group that they conquered. The cross was so horrible that they made a Roman law that if you were the Roman citizen, you would never die on the cross. It's too horrible. (laughs) Hold on, watch this. Watch this. They used it on other folks. (laughs) But they wasn't going to use it on themselves. So if you was a Roman citizen and you was going to be the death penalty, wait a minute, I'm a Roman. You know why? That way, they may cut your head off, but they won't put you on the cross. <laughs> Hold on. If you had a choice, okay? Because if they cut your head off, you're dead right there. But if they put you on the cross, usually a person that went on the cross suffocated because they could no longer lift themselves up and they could not catch their breath. To die on the cross was like dying on a tree. In the Old Testament, it said to die on a tree was a curse. Jesus became a curse for you. Somebody said, what is he doing? I think he's playing in dirt again. What you mean? I see three times when God plays in dirt. Remember when, when Genesis chapter 1, 27, it says that we were made in the image of God. He's talking about our spirit being made in his image. But don't be confused to think that your body was made in his image because your body wasn't created. It was formed. All right, all right. He took the dust of the earth and formed this body, then blew his created spirit into him. Hold on. You better know that. Nobody know that? Here I was in engineering. We were were in our, we all was a job. We was engineering. And one guy said, man, did you know that that from a scientific standpoint that our body is 98% the same as the animals? I said, oh, really? I said, well, it makes sense because we both came from the dust of the earth. Because it's not in the flesh. It's in your spirit. Amen. 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 Hold on. Hold on. Watch this. Remember when the woman was caught in sin and Jesus stooped down and played in? And I think on the cross, he reached down into my sin and in your sin. He reached down into our dirt. And he took our dirt and placed it on Jesus. Because at the cross, there was an exchange. What do you mean? 
He took from you your sins. He took from me my sins. And he placed it on Jesus. But he took the righteousness of Jesus and placed it on you. That you can stand here in the name of Jesus and say, I am a child of the king. You can, listen, in spite of you, you can stand here and say, I know I'm saved. Listen, he's not judging you on whether you do everything right. He's judging whether you in Jesus or not. And if you are in Jesus, it ought to make a change in your life because he saved you from the past to the present to the future. You don't have to worry about going to hell because Jesus paid it all. Hold on. Response. If that is true, we ought to live like it. What do you mean? This is what I mean. When we leave out of here, we, have a, we ought to have an attitude that since I'm his, I'm going to live like I'm his. Amen. Hold on, hold on. Since he's been that good to me, yes, sir. let me at least try to be better than him. Yes, hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute. That means then that this praise got to be more than just Sunday morning. It ought to be able to keep you at school and at work on Monday. That means that the folks who watch you throughout the week ought to be able to tell there's a difference in you. That means that we ought not to be cussing and shucking and jiving like everybody who don't know Jesus. But there ought to be a difference between those of us who know Jesus and those who don't. Don't let your job call me and say, do you know so-and-so? They the most horrible employee. My question is, is it real just on Sunday or is it real on Monday? Hold on now. Come on, get with me. My question is, if God is good on Sunday and he's worth praising on Sunday, then on Tuesday, he ought to be able to keep you when you want to cuss somebody out. Wait a minute now. If this power is real, that means that on Wednesday, when so-and-so rolls their eyes at you, that you still might have to take a bathroom break. But you come back and say, I won't let them take my peace. Don't let anybody steal your peace. Just because they don't have peace, don't let them steal your, your peace and your... Listen, some folks don't like your smile. Some folks don't like the fact you got some praise. And they have made up their mind Sunday night. They're going to mess with you Monday morning. You know what you know what you ought to do? You ought to say, I won't let them see me sweat. No, 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 no. Get built up in some prayer. Go in there with a smile. Speak to them even though they... Hold on, wait a minute. Here we are forgiving folks, and we won't forgive other folks. See, I'm about ready to cuss. Who the H-E-L-L we think we are? Because listen, if I have been a benefactor of his goodness, then haven't he been good enough to me that I will extend to somebody else what has been extended to me. Listen, I have done everything against him that I thought I was big and bad enough to do. And he still, and he still. Hold on, hold on. I didn't come to him. He came and got me. I don't know about y'all's story. I didn't walk down the aisle. I didn't get convicted on a Sunday morning. I think it was a Wednesday or Thursday night. He stepped into my room and said, now that I showed you what evil's all about, you choose. Is there anybody that God made you choose? Y'all didn't hear that. He made you choose. I don't know how he did it, but somehow he got your attention and said, don't you know I love you? 
Don't you know I died for you? Don't you know I raised for you? Don't you know I want to save you? Don't you know I would change you? Don't you know I would fix you? Don't you know I would do it? Don't you know you're mine? Don't you know I died for you? Don't you know I love you? Don't you know I'm your God? Don't you know I will be better to you than you will ever be to yourself? Don't you know? Let me ask you, hasn't he been everything? I mean, absolutely everything that he promised you that he would do. Now, the question is, if he's that, listen. Now, watch this, watch this, watch, watch, watch this. My expression to him is not just him. It's what I do. Watch this. Watch this. Then we out of here. The highest praise that we can give him is to give someone the grace that's been extended to us. The most greatest expression of God is when the love of God pours out on someone who don't even deserve it. Listen, it's easy to love folks who love me bad. But how about folks who done did you wrong? How about folks who ain't acting right? Hold on, not just once. Huh? And God says, love them anyhow. You know why? Because didn't he love us after we did it over and over and over and over? And God keeps on loving us. The best expression of God is us extending what God has done to us. And I don't know who's in your circle. I don't know who that is. And don't get me wrong. I agree with Dr. Smith. Forgiveness is impossible unless God helps you to forgive. Let me say that again. To forgive some things and some folks is impossible unless God give you the strength and the grace to do it. But wait a minute. Wait a minute. Watch this. Watch this. Which means that when we can't do it, you fall on your knees. And say, Lord, I'm willing, but I'm not able. So you're going to have to do it through me. Matter of fact, tomorrow morning, matter of fact, before you get home, you got to do it through me. The church is folks God do it through as he's doing it too. So that other folks will see Christ in us. He's working his glory through you, in you, for you to make you praise him more. But then other folks see Christ in us and give God the glory. You want to know what your purpose is? That's your purpose. In a nutshell, we make this thing so hard, but what it is is just living Christ every day in the difficulties that we deal with with difficult folks. (laughs) 
And sooner or later, folks would get tired of messing with you. And God would begin to whoop them. And they would begin to say, there must be a God somewhere. Matter of fact, I believe their God is God. I ain't going to mess with them because their God has been beating me up. I'm not telling you what I know. God will make your enemy your footstool. God will make folks come back to you and ask you to pray for them, and they couldn't stand you. Oh, yes, he will. <laughs> <laughs> 